In this bulletin, another indigenous man dies in custody in Victoria. Treasurer Jim Chalmers begins a countrywide trip to pitch his second budget. And the move forward opposition party itches towards an election win in Thailand. man has died in custody in Victoria. The 70-year-old Torres Strait Islander man died in hospital last week. Victoria's Corrections Minister Enver Erdogan confirmed the death during a hearing of the Euro Justice Commission this morning. It brings to 34 the number of deaths in custody in Victoria since the 1991 Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody. Mr. Erdogan has apologized to the Euro hearing for the state's role in indigenous deaths in custody, admitting most of them were the result of critical failings in the state's institutions. Treasurer Jim Chalmers is setting off on a countrywide trip to pitch his second budget as a poll shows not all voters are convinced of its merits. Dr. Chalmers begins a a five-city trip today to speak to business groups, unions and communities starting in Sydney before moving on to other capital cities. A news poll by the Australian newspaper has found only one in eight voters are convinced the Albanese government's first full budget since the election will reduce inflation. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese says the Labour government has reprioritized Medicare, investing nearly $6 billion over five years to strengthen Medicare in the recent budget. The Prime Minister says the previous Liberal government undermined the bulk billing system and the Labour government is now reinvesting to increase the availability and accessibility of general practitioners. Had Labour not been elected, we would have seen a further undermining of Medicare, a further undermining of bulk billing. Uh, We know that for a long period of time, one of the great divides in Australian (coughs) politics uh, was John Howard promising to get rid of Medicare. Uh, And uh, since then, they decided that the Australian people had such support for Medicare, they couldn't promise that. So instead, we've seen it undermined over the previous decade. What we've been doing is repairing it, and that is uh, a centrepiece of our budget, along with our other measures. Trade Minister Don Farrell has vowed to persevere with Chinese counterparts in a bid to get billions of dollars worth of trade restrictions removed from Australian products. Following his return from Beijing, where he met with Chinese Commerce Minister Wang Wentao, Senator Farrell says he is still optimistic of restrictions on items such as barley, wine and lobsters being removed. Despite the in-person meeting in China, Senator Farrell told ABC Radio it will take time for trade relations to return to normal. Well, my objective in this process is to simply persevere and persist so that at the end of the day, um, all of uh, the trade impediments uh, are removed. The problems aren't solved overnight. We want uh, Australian food and wine producers to get their products back into China and we want the Chinese consumers to have the advantage of uh, the wonderful Australian products. In a sign of improving relations between the two countries, China's Foreign Minister Qin Gang is set to visit Australia in the coming months. The trip has yet to be formally announced by Beijing. 
The government has announced $86.5 million to re-establish a national anti-scam centre to protect the millions of Australians who lose billions of dollars each year. Australians lost $3 billion to scams in 2022 alone, with the average loss from a scam being $20,000. Financial Services Minister Stephen Jones says the centre will fight scammers and prevent fraud before it happens and encourage people to report scamming. Over $3 billion a year is being lost to scams and consumer frauds, and until now, too often, Australians, households and small businesses have had to fight them on their own. Well, that's going to stop. Our policy to fight scams, whole of government policy, is about ensuring that we are taking the fight up to scammers to ensure that consumers are better protected. The Albanese government has pledged $236 million of funding over 10 years to set up a national flood warning network. The network aims to provide reliable access to flood forecasts and warnings. Due to the the high risk of flood in Queensland, the government says work in Australia's most disaster-prone state will be prioritised. Environment Minister Tanya Plibersek says the network will address problems with flood gauges, ensuring people will be able to access reliable information in real time during extreme weather events. We see flood gauges across Queensland that are owned by uh, different levels of government. Uh, In fact, there are 1,400 flood gauges owned by 41 different councils. Some of the flood gauges are owned by different organisations, private organisations or individuals. They don't talk to each other. Many of them are very old. Uh, They're at the end of their useful life. Uh, Many of them are not working properly. The readings are inconsistent. They're just not good enough. Thousands of landowners have reached a multi-million dollar settlement with the Commonwealth over dangerous PFAS firefighting form that contaminated their properties. About 30,000 landowners were involved in the class action that argued that the Defence Department did not adequately prevent toxic chemicals in the form from escaping and contaminating their neighbouring soil and groundwater. The parties have reached an in-principle agreement in the federal court for a sum of $132 million and the agreement covers seven sites near Royal Australian Air Force bases at Richmond and Wagga Wagga in New South Wales, Wodonga in Victoria, Boltsbrook in Western Australia, Darwin in the Northern Territory, Edinburgh in South Australia and Townsville in Queensland. Federal Housing Minister Julie Collins has warned opponents of the government's multi-billion dollar fund to build more homes to get out of the way as negotiations stall on the issue. The $10 billion Housing Australia Future Fund remains stuck in Parliament with both the Coalition and the Greens not backing the proposal. The fund would see 30 30,000 new social and affordable homes built in the next five years, but the Greens have urged more immediate action to solve the housing crisis, including a rent freeze. Ms. Collins tells the ABC the housing situation is too important for there to be roadblocks to more investment. So I would say to Liberal Senators and to Green Senators in the Senate, uh, we took this to the last election, we're trying to legislate it and they should get out of the way because there are too many people in Australia today that are relying on those homes. There are too many Australians that are doing it tough that need us to get on with the job. 
In Thailand, general elections have taken place to renew the 500 seats of the lower house of the parliament. The move forward opposition party is leading, followed by another opposition party, the Four Thai, both of whom are expected to get more than 100 seats, way ahead of the United Thai Nation Party of incumbent Prime Minister Prayut Chan O Cha. Move forward leader Peter Limjarunat is widely popular among younger voters and has vowed to reform the anti Les Majeste laws that had been used in the past by Mr. Chanocha to silence opponents. I think that's part of uh, the promises that we've made to the, to the Thai public and it's part of a law that has to be amended in the parliament. So uh, no matter what, we will push for the royal uh, Les Majeste law reform in the parliament. So it's not going to be uh, a question whether to do it or not, we'll push for it. Move, move forward and Fu Thai will need to form a coalition in order to challenge Prayut Chan O Cha. Tukir appears headed for a runoff presidential election with the parties of uh, Recep Tayyip Erdogan and opposition rival Kemal Kilch Daroglu, each claiming the lead. However, sources in both camps have admitted they may not clear the 50% threshold to win outright. Both sides have dismissed the other side's count with no official results announced. Mr. Kilchadorulu, who leads the Social Democratic Republican People's Party, or CHP, is accusing Mr. Erdogan's far-right AK party of delaying the results at a number of ballot boxes that favor the opposition. The AK party members are trying to block the system with repeated objections at the ballot boxes where our vote rates are significantly high. For example, there are persistent objections to 300 ballot boxes in Ankara and 783 ballot boxes in Istanbul. There are ballot boxes of which the results were contested six times and some 11 times. What you block is the will of Turkey. You cannot prevent it from happening with repeated objections. And to sport in AFL and Craig McRae has lauded Mason Cox's influence after the Collingwood hero produced one of his finest performances, firing his side to a 65-point thr- thrashing of JWS. The Magpies were overwhelmed, overwhelmed their opponents with Cox, one of 10 goal kickers in the comprehensive 120-55 win. The Magpies now sit one win clear on top of the AFL ladder and ride a five-match winning streak into a meeting with traditional foes Carlton in round 10. Cox starred in his second game back from a lacerated spleen and says he and his team are now looking ahead to this much-anticipated challenge with Carlton. Not many people get to experience this, I think, and it's, it's one of the reasons I came to such a big club, to be able to get the energy that does come from a massive MCG that's just a sold-out crowd, and, and next week will be that. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a great day. Obviously, there's a massive rivalry with Carlton, and uh, you know, it's one you always kind of circle on the calendar, so it's going, to be a, it's going to be a massive one, so come out, buy a ticket, wherever it is, if there's any left. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. 
And now having a look at the weather around the country, Broome, sunny 31, Perth, partly cloudy 21, Adelaide, sunny 22, Melbourne, similar conditions 21, Hobart, late shower or 2, 19, Albury, Wodonga, sunny 18, Canberra, cloud clearing 18 degrees, Wollongong, a shower or 2, 20 degrees, Sydney, showers 21, Newcastle, similar conditions 22, Brisbane, showers 24, Townsville, mostly sunny 28, Cairns, partly cloudy 20. 29, Alice Springs, cloudy 19, Darwin, partly cloudy 32, and the Torres Strait Islands, a mostly cloudy day, the top of 29 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News.